Welcome to the Life Melbourne podcast. We're so glad you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. Amen. Well, I'm going to jump straight into it because uh, today we're talking about a topic that can be known as sensitive or an area that sort of somewhat's not talked too much about or talked too much about. And we're in a year called Follow Me, which is all around discipleship who's enjoying this year so far and the teaching that we've had around discipleship and becoming followers of Jesus. And so uh, this morning, I'm actually going to talk to giving. I'm going to talk to finances and I'm going to talk to the tithe. Who thinks that's a good idea? Oh, wow. This is fantastic. Can you guys come back every service? I do love that within life. Started from our founding pastors, Pastor Paul and Marie, that the area of finance, as it's been talked to, has never been an area of force. It's never been an area of manipulation. It's never been an area of trying to get something from somebody. But it's about bringing biblical truth to an area that actually plays a huge role in every area of our life. Right? And so, uh, so we're going to jump into it and we're going to talk to that this morning. And I've sat down because I find I can get through more when I sit down. Um, I, I love, I, yeah, so th- I'll just leave that there, otherwise I'm not doing what I just said I'd do, so <laughs> we'll carry on. Um, but if you have been here for longer than two weeks, you'd realise that uh, we actually don't take up offerings in our service or collect tyres as, as a such as a container or anything that's passed around, and that's not because we don't hold it as a foundational value to our walk with God, but as we believe it's lived out of a revelation. And, uh, and so therefore, there's um, opportunities to do that online, and there's also giving stations in the foyer. You can do that manually. You can set it up how you do it, because it's a personal outworking of the relationship we have with God. And uh, so therefore, if I've got to spend two minutes convincing you to do it every week, then it's not a revelation you carry, but it feels a bit more like an obligation. And that's just not the way God, I believe, designed it. In the new covenant, to be an obligation, I believe he wanted it to be an ordinance that enables his provision and blessing in our lives and his protection as well, which I'm going to get into. And so, uh, so um, you know, some people would say, well, wouldn't it be better to talk about things that Jesus talked about? Well, thanks for the confirmation, because Jesus talked about possessions and finances quite a lot. Of the 40 parables that he used, 25% of them were around finance and possessions. And so it actually is a significant topic, because he realizes, and we realize, that it actually directs and leads a lot of areas in our life. And if we don't let it be an area that he has his voice and his word and his ways in, then it can be used as a tool not to honor him and enable us to live in his fullness, but actually used by the enemy to derail us, to distract us, and actually divide our heart between God's ability to move in it completely or his ability to have it only limited. And I believe that God wants all of our heart. And so today... Uh, as your pastors, I pray that you would realize that it's not us about us trying to get more of anything. Uh, but as your pastors in a season where prices are going up, inflation's everywhere, no unknown of what it looks like in 12 months' time, as your pastor, I, I'm, not, um, I'm not removed from those realities, right? So, yeah, but you're the pastor, so it's easy for you. Why? I don't remember last time I went to a bank and I said, hey, I'm a pastor, can I get 50% off the mortgage, right? Like, we're, we're not um, uh, outside of the realities of everyday living, outside of the realities of everyday costs. But what I have seen in my life from the moment I decided in my heart to honor God in this area, that there has been an area where there has been no fear. In all the season, it doesn't mean we've always lived with plenty, but it does mean we've always had enough. 
And in different seasons, it's been something that has never taken a hold of my heart, but it's been something that God's always had with the outstretch of my hand. And that's the prayer we have, is that in this season, fear wouldn't start gripping your life in the area of finance. Frustration wouldn't take hold of it. But actually, you would find a fresh breath of heaven upon the area of your finance. And I believe that's God's desire. Say amen. All right, we've got lots, lots to get through. The intro took longer than it should have, but let's pray. Father, we really do pray for your spirit to lead and your will to be done. God, that you'd, I'd be able to communicate your heart first and foremost. Lord, take out, add to, do what you need to do. But I pray that for us today, if we are people who, are, who activate this in our heart, I pray we'd have a greater sense of revelation, a greater sense of expectation. Father, for those of us who have just seen it as, oh, well, that's for others, not for me. I pray, Lord God, that you would just speak only like you can, that you would awaken something in a heart that would cause a hunger to know you more in this area. And, Father, that you would lead by your grace. In Jesus' name. Can we say amen? Amen. Money will try and lord our lives. Money money constantly shouts, follow me, follow me. Right? It's constantly yelling, "Follow, follow me. Follow me and I'll make you happy. Follow me and I'll give you freedom. Follow me and I'll solve your problems. I'll give you control if you have money. I'm the answer to your emptiness. Wealth is where your worth will come from. Follow me, follow me. Wealth always is chanting and cheering, follow me, follow me. And it's not just when we have lots, it's also when we find we have little. But this is what Matthew 6, 24 says, no one can serve two masters, either you'll hate one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and you'll despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. You cannot serve both God and money. And so therefore, money unsurrendered in our heart or unaligned to God's ordinances will actually always make us servant to it. And it will always have a level of influence and power at work in our lives. And so today, I actually want to go back to the foundational principle God set up before the law that we saw outworked in Abraham's life, and that is the principle of the tithe. Because I believe that actually the tithe is God's antidote to the reality and the pressure and the manipulation of what money and the enemy would want to use it for in our lives. I actually believe it's his antidote because he says the tithe, which means literally 10%, and not just any 10%, but the first 10%. I actually believe that when we activate the first 10% and place it where he wants it, honor it as holy, which he calls it is, then I believe it actually gives us an ability to have his gracious hand upon not just the 10%, but the 100%. And that reality is that he is able to actually outwork then what he wants to do in the rest of it, rather than us going, I hope you bless it, but at the same time, I'm not really letting it be aligned to how you would want to lead it. And so the tithe is incredibly important. So I'm going to jump straight into some thoughts of, Why do we have such an issue with money uh, as Christians in the church and four tensions that stop us from tithing? Can we go go straight to the tensions? Is that all right? Rather than you going, yeah, but what about, let's just go there. Number one tension is the mindset that mine is mine. It's mine. Why do I have to give it? It's mine. (laughs) Number answer to that, no, it's not. It's all God's. It's all God's. Everything we have is God's. Deuteronomy 10, 14 says this. To the Lord your God belong the heavens, even the highest heavens, the earth, and everything that is in it belongs to our God. Can you say amen? Amen. In a conversation with Job, God actually says to him, hey, Job, everything under heaven belongs to me. 
And who knows, he was in a place of devastation because of what had been removed from his life. Yet God says to him, hey, hey, don't look at what you haven't got yet. Look at who I am. And then we know at the end of the story, God results multiplied what he actually had lost. God, through one of his prophets, reminds God's people, uh, one of his prophets, Haggai, says this, the silver is mine, the gold is mine, this is mine, declares the Lord. Psalm 21, 24, sorry, verse 1 says, the Lord is the... The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it, for he is founded on it and the seas established on the waters. Sorry, he founded it and the seas established on it. So it's, it's, he's saying, hey, guys, it's mine. It's all of it, everything you have. Now, I know right now some people are saying, yeah, but I worked for it. So he might be the one who holds everything in his hand, but I'm the one who worked for that. I'm the one who made an investment and got the increase. I'm the one who bought that home, did it up, and sold it, and now it's worth more. That's mine. I did that. Deuteronomy 8.17 would say to us, you may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hand produced my wealth. (laughs) But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors, as it is not for just while the Old Testament. No, as it is today. As it is today. And we've got to hear this. God is not a selfish hoarder. He is a generous giver. So he's not trying to puff himself up when he says this and then disempower us and make us feel weak and insufficient. No, no, the opposite is true. He's trying to say to you, do you not know everything is mine? Like everything is mine. I'm a dad who has the provisions of everything. So in the midst of what you look like you are losing or giving because that's yours, no, 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 what you're not doing is giving anything away to have less. What you're enabling me as your good father is to now give you access to everything. It's pretty powerful. Yet we must understand and honor the source of all supply. Otherwise we become entitled, possessive, prideful. I earned this. This is mine. The church is asking for my money. No, no, we're not. We're just out working God's principles in our lives because we realize they're actually really good and they actually enable his plan in our lives and actually enables his bride to be all that he called it to be. I was thinking about Schmeagle. My precious. (laughs) It possesses us consumes us. Where's the next dollar? I'm going to go and work hard. I'm going to make more. Do you know that they asked, did a survey and asked people earning 25 grand a year, how much would you need to be happy? They said 50 grand. You know, they asked 20, people earning 50 grand a year, how much would you need to be happy? They said 100 grand. You know, they asked people earning 100 grand, how much would you need to be satisfied and happy? They said 200 grand. 100% more than what they have is the desire of more. Oh no, I just need more. I just, if I just got more, if I just had more, It doesn't satisfy. It doesn't work. It doesn't meet the need. It doesn't go the distance. You're always going to be left wanting more. It consumes us. It leads us. It has a hold of us. But the thing is, is that God doesn't want it to lead us and have a hold of us. He wants us to lead it, and he wants us to have a hold of it. He wants us to direct it, not it direct us. Second reason, I think, is because we don't trust God. We actually don't trust God. You say, well, Craig, right now with everything going up, how, how can you ask us, how could you expect us to give, you know, 10% on top of all of that? Like, I need, so let's say you get $1,000 a week, 
I need that $100. I need it. And so what we're saying, and when we're saying, hey, well, I just don't trust that God can actually supply all my needs because I need the $100. What we're actually saying is I trust $100 more than I trust the God of all creation. And so what we do is rather than activating and enabling the tithe, enabling God to then have freedom to actually move in a supernatural way across our finances, what we do is we actually withhold his hand by withholding our hand. He's not withholding our hand when we offload our hand. No, no, he says, when you, if you, I will. Like, so, so what happens is, is we say, well, I need it. So we take that which is holy in God's and we use it and God is then actually restricted and limited to do what is in his heart he's wanting to do. I want to move. I want to, I want, oh man, I had such a setup. I had such a setup, but at the last minute, rather than honoring, we decided to take it into our own hands. We trusted the $100 rather than trusting the God of all eternity. And then we enabled ourselves to go, look how I got through it. When God was saying it was never meant to be how you got through it, it was about how I wanted to lead you through that. And I wanted to do something that was going to blow your socks off. You were going to be like, what? And you weren't just going to have enough to be able to get you just through. He says, which we're going to read soon in Malachi, he actually says that he opens the windows of heaven and he wants to pour out. We would rather settle for the just enough than let the pouring out of heaven over that area. So we don't actually trust him. Could I encourage us, if you're a tither, if you're not yet a tither, if you go, well, how does it work? I just say, trust. Come on, trust him. He holds the world in his hand. The nations are but a drop in the bucket. And yet we look at our hundred and go, I don't know if I can trust God with a hundred. Come on, he's just saying, I'm, I'm good. I own everything. Like, I'm, not my, I'm not short-handed here. I'm not in lack. But I do have a principle at work that if you don't activate it, I can't activate what I have in my heart to do. Does that make sense? Is this coming across okay? Number three, we don't trust the church. Society is declaring loud and clear, the church wants your money. The church is unfaithful. The church doesn't deserve it. Don't you trust the church with your finance? Because the government have a real good track record. (laughs) Now, that's not being nasty, but that's the reality. Every nation, I think, around the world is in more debt than they've ever been, ever. Right? But there's a spirit attached to it. The enemy does not want you trusting and building his church. He does not want that. Right? Because he understands the power of what's in the tithe. He's been, isn't, he understands what's... And I don't know about you, but the church I walk into every Sunday is, is not a money-hungry church. It's not a church that's looking at everybody and going, how can I get more from them? It's not a church that walks around and says, have you given today? It's not, it's not a church that's manipulating. It's not a church that's forceful. It's not a church that rings you up and says, hey, have you been? I haven't seen you for three weeks. You better get back because you're obligated to be in his house. It's, it's not a church that, that's off buying all these things so they can have more stuff. There's no person's individual name at the top of the, the church that we are a part of. No, it's God's church. It's his house. And as far as what we're seeing through his house, God is expanding it. He's breathing on it. More people are being reached. More grace is being poured out. More hope is being outworked. It's amazing. But the good news is we're audited. (laughs) You're like, yeah, yeah, but tell me the stuff I want to hear. We're audited by an unchurched organization that annually dives into everything. And that is a great thing. We're accountable to every single cent. We have annual plans, financial plans year on year for many years to come. We steward, right? We steward everything that we've got. Do you know that people are more 30% more likely to give if they trust the leadership? 
We steward everything that God has given us. In fact, of every budget that we've set, of which there is three levels of approval before the budget even gets to be spent, we have never gone over budget in the last nine years that we've been a part of life, but always gone under budget, which has enabled us when the deposit came up for Sim Street, how did it enable, not only through the faithful giving of expansion, but how else was there funds there ready to take the step God was leading us into? Because people have been faithful with giving the tithe, and the church had been faithful with managing the tithe, and we were able to take these steps that God's leading us into. I'm encouraging, if you don't trust the church, the Bible says where your treasure is, your heart is. Well, until you place an element of treasure into God's house, your heart is always going to be somewhat at distant from what God's house can do in your life. I hope that sounds okay. We're transparent about everything. And the truth is, is the health of our church is, is it's growing. It's growing. In the last year, we've grown by 40%. It's growing. That's a healthy sign of things that we can go, you know what? I think I'm going to I'm going to test the waters. I'm going to take a step. I'm going to trust. Number four, I am not going to get to all of this. Page three of 12. Um, number four is we don't have enough. When I pay off my debt, when the interest rates go back down, after I've done the renovations, when the school fees are sorted, when the prices of daily living goes back down. Um, you know... I'll say the statement, you can never afford to tithe until you tithe. <laughs> but that's just the truth of it. If you're looking to put it in at the end of the week, it's not there. That's why he didn't say, hey, just whenever you get round to it. He said, hey, no, let the first. Because the first unlocks the rest. That first 10% enables his blessing over the 90%. And I think the thing is, is when we say we can't afford to, um, I would say, having seen God's provision in our family, I would say we actually can't afford not to. And that generally is quite a testimony of those who tithe. They say, well, how do you afford to? They say, I can't afford not to. I look at what he's doing. I look at where he's leading. I look at how he's blessing. And I just go, I don't want to do it any other way. I just do not want to do it any other way. Philippians 4 says this, And my God will meet all your needs according to his riches, the riches, sorry, of his glory in Christ Jesus, to our God and Father, be glory and forever and amen. Also, it's all about just you getting rich. No, 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 though. It's being blessed to be a blessing. It's to be a channel of what God wants to do. But if we don't not give him room to move, his hands are tied. Right? His hands are tied. The other reason, which I didn't write down here, is that we say, well, it's not biblical. Yeah, well, it is. It was in uh, the Old Testament law as an obligation. But when Christ fulfilled the law, it's no longer an obligation, but it still remains an ordinance. It still remains a principle. It's like the Sabbath. It's no longer an obligation to take the Sabbath, but it's still a principle God has at work in our lives. And you don't have to use it, but you'd watch yourself get run down, tired, weary, your relationship with God disintegrate. And God's saying, you don't have to, but it's a principle. If you put it in place, there really is a, a, an amazing pathway I have for that. You know, you don't have to honor your parents, but I tell you what, it's a principle that outlasts the law, right? And every parent said, amen, right? You don't have to honor it. But there's generational blessing if you do. There's, there's, a, there's a favor over your household if you do. Now, you don't have to honor the tithe. It's not, a, it's not an, 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 um, an obligation to. It's not a um, you get saved or you don't if you tithe or not. That's not what I'm it never. It's not that anymore. But it is a principle that's still at work. It's still a principle that God would say, hey, if you would apply it, then my promises also are still at work. <laughs> Right? My promises of what I promised in Malachi 3, which we're about to open up now, 
actually are still at work in your life. Right? And I have a statement that might sound a little heavy for now, so let's save it for later so that not too many people walk out before the end. But stay with me if you're joining online. Please don't turn off. But now Malachi 3, let's try and unpack this in the few moments we have. It's called Breaking Covenant by Withholding Tithes. All right, so I've, I've said to you, hey, it's, 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 it's when you say, well, it's not biblical, it was in the law. So sorry I didn't follow that on by saying, well, it was before the law through Abraham, right, in Genesis 14, how he tithed after the victory to um, Mikhail, Big Mel, and um, <laughs> who was actually a, an image of Christ before Christ uh, and was known as the high priest, the son of God, was the translation of his name. And when Mechelzit, Big Mel, uh, when Big Mel actually went to that point, he took bread and wine. The first moment of communion was the first moment the tithe was given. That's just cool info right there. Uh, so it was, it was hundreds of years before the, the, the law, uh, and then it was also outworked after the law, which Jesus, in red, uh, made known in Matthew, and then again was backed up in Hebrews, in reality to the fact is that when we give, God sees from heaven, he sees it, and he receives it. You go, oh, well, we're giving to you. No, no, you're not giving to me. I don't give to, to the, 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 I give to God. And he has entrusted his church to be the platform in which we are giving to. And that outworks his ability for us to have the confidence in what he is leading. Does that make sense? So it was before the law, it was in the law, but it's also after the law. And so, um, but we can talk personally about that later because I do love having just honest conversations uh, if you like that. So Malachi 3.6 says, for I am the Lord, I do not change. Funny he says that as the opening statement, right? Oh, no, but it's changed. For I am the Lord, I do not change, right? Well, you, could, you, you don't, again, you don't have to do this. It's not a law. It's not an in or an out. But he's saying, as far as I'm concerned, it hasn't changed. Therefore, you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. Thank you, Lord, for that. Yet from the days of your fathers, you have gone away from my ordinances, my principles, and you have not kept them. Listen to this. Return to me. Not return to all the obligations. Return to me. Oh, that's pretty cool. And I will return to you. So the if is if we do it, then he says, I guarantee I will. So he's the Lord of hosts. But he said, in what way shall we return? He says, do not rob God. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? He says, in tithes and offerings. Whoa. You are actually now under a curse. You're cursed with a curse. For you have robbed me. Even this whole nation is limited. The whole nation is limited because you decided to withhold your hand. Then it says in verse 10, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. Right? The storehouse. God's house. Right? Not bring all the tithe into some other organization. Not bring all the tithe into the different areas. Now, be generous. We sponsor children. We give to many other different areas. But our tithe belongs in the storehouse. Why? That there may be food in my house. And try me now in this. He's saying, then another version says, test. Test me now. It's the only place in the Bible he says, test me. Yeah, I just don't know if I want to try it. You don't, you don't want to test? Take God at these things. He's saying, test me. Like, this is like a guarantee. <laughs> test me. He says, try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. This isn't the prophet saying this. This is the Lord saying this. Right? If I will not open for you the windows of heaven. And I felt like God gave me a picture saying there's many of us and we've got stuffy rooms when it comes to finance. It's stuffed with fear. 
It's stuffed with gratifying ourselves. It's stuffed with never having enough. We've got stuffy rooms. And God wants to open the windows. What happens when you open a window? There's a fresh breath that comes. He goes, I want, I want, to, put, I want to bring a fresh breath to there. I want, I want you to hear my voice on this. I want me to be able to lead you in this area. I want this to be an area of excitement in your life. You know that 37% of divorces happen over finance? Come on, that needs to be broken in Jesus' name. There is a stuffiness. There is a heaviness. There is a hardness around that. And he goes, no, no I want to open up the windows of heaven. Would, that would just be enough in itself. Right, that we would have the wind of heaven upon the area of our finance. But he says, and, let's not stop there, and pour out for you such a blessing that there would not be room enough to receive it. So the very room that's stuffy would not be big enough for the reality of what he wants to carry and lead us into. How exciting is that? And then he goes on and says, and, hang on, don't stop. I will rebuke the devourer for your sake so that you will not be destroyed, so that he will not, sorry, destroy the fruit of your ground. Nor shall your vine fail to bear fruit in the field. Says who? A prophet? No, no, says the Lord of hosts. And listen to this. And now the nations, all the nations will call you blessed. For you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. All right, I'm probably going to get to one of these. Three reasons to tithe. Three reasons I tithe. One, it positions me for his promise. It positions me for his promise. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Leviticus 27.30, and I've said this already, but I want to back it up by scripture. It says, And all the tithe of the land, whether the seed or the land, of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. Right? It's holy. What does holy mean? Set apart. But the problem is, is that many of us are using that which is meant to be set apart and holy. We're using it for everyday and, and, it's, and it's going places that it was never destined to go to. And he said, no, no, it's the Lord's. It's holy. You need to treat it as holy. We need to see it as holy. If we don't even see it as holy, we just see it as another dollar. If we just see it as another hundred bucks in the account, then we're not actually seeing it the way God sees it. He goes, man, this is the, that part, that part's holy. Wow, that part, that, that's, he's like the first child, holy, set apart. It's an amazing thing. And he says, come on, I want you to position that in my hand. And i don't believe that God needs our money. His streets are already paved in gold. Uh, but could it be less about what he, um, could it be less, could it be that this is less about what we do for God, but more about what he enables for us, yeah. right? We are actually robbing him the opportunity to move supernaturally in our lives. He's saying, I want to move. I really want to move in this area of your life. But unless you play your part, I can't, I can't. I'm restricted now. I'm still a good father. I'm still not going to leave you high and dry. I'm still not going to, it's like I'm going to turn my back on you. He's, but there is an added reality of his promise that is outworked if we would allow this to be outworked in our lives. By resisting what God has asked from us, we restrict what God has for us. The rich young ruler walks away heartbroken because he's like, oh, I'm going to lose all my wealth. And yet Jesus says, no, it was never about me taking all of his wealth. It was actually about me positioning him to be able to be entrusted so much more, so much more. We've left all we have, Peter says to him, to follow you. Truly, I tell you, Jesus said to them, no one who has left home or wife or brother, sister, parents or children for my sake will not in that himself receive double fault. My life is testimony to that. Our lives are testament to that. We have entrusted and we have trusted God in the area of finance to the point that some would say that's 
a little bit crazy. But God is no man's debtor, and he is faithful to his promises. And what I have learned is that it's not about a sacrifice, it's about a setup. Oh, but what have I got to sacrifice to give? What have I got to sacrifice to be able to tithe? It's not a sacrifice when you look what he's setting up. Because then you realize that what you could have done in your own strength will never have matched or equated to where he wants to position you when he has the ability to able to navigate that area and unleash what he wants to do. Because what he wants to see is our heart still attached to him or is our heart attached to us. And, and, and if it's attached to what we get and what we want and what we have, then unfortunately what happens when we get more, it only increases our desire for more for ourselves, more for us, and we're never satisfied. But when, he, he, when we have the character to back up the blessing, I tell you what, there's an ability for him to keep on outworking, keep on doing, keep on enabling more in our lives. Does that make sense? You don't earn God's blessing, but we do enable it. You don't buy his blessing. I'm not saying you can go and buy it. You can't buy it, but we can enable his blessing in this area. And I know that I know that we are here and been entrusted as pastors because we have been faithful with what is known as worldly wealth. And because we've been faithful and tested in worldly wealth and been seen to be faithful, God has given us true riches. God has released true riches. I know that to be true. I know that to be true. How do you say that? Because when God gave, encouraged us numbers of years ago to give everything we had on top of what we had already done as a generous offering, I just said, God, I don't know how we're going to do it. But if this is you, this is you, we'll do it. Within that year, we end up becoming campus pastors for the first time. Just so happened it was two weeks before an expansion offering. And I stood there having then just fulfilled the expansion offering from the year before, which we didn't know how we are going to do it, but it was out of obedience to what God had asked. We stood there, I stood there, and as I turned, God said, the reason I have entrusted you to stand here is because you were faithful with what I asked 12 months ago. He goes, I would not give you true riches if you were not faithful with worldly riches. And I don't know about you, but I don't, for me, that doesn't come with a heavy burden. That comes with a sense of spirit expectation. God, what is it you want to release? What is it you want to do if I could enable this to be an area of freedom and an area that you have your voice to lead in my life? Number two is it protects us from the devourer. It protects us from the devourer. Come on, doesn't he say that I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and vines your fields? Fruit won't drop, right? He, he will protect you from the devourer. One thing I've learned as somebody who has been faithful in this area is I then am enabled to have a level of ask. I'm enabled to have a level of, of um, uh, not the word authority, but... Um, What's the right word I'm thinking of? Like, I'm not hesitant, right, to say, God, hang on, you, you promised, right? Things are getting pretty tight. I, I don't know how we're going to pay the, 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 the car registration as well as do the groceries. I don't know how. But you say if we seek you first... <laughs> Right? If you say, if I put this first, you're going you're gonna to forsake that, you're going to stop the devourer. So God, I'm, I'm now standing on the promise of your word, yeah. having it actually outworked in my life. So there's not an arrogance, but there is a sense of, well, I, I've got grounds to stand there and say, come on, God, this is what you've promised. Yeah. And I can promise you that I've seen every single time. It may not come early, but God has always made a way through. Yeah. Does, that, does that negate stewardship? No. Does that negate hard work? No. Has that meant that at times, that while being a pastor, I've had to work two jobs? Yes. Come on, we're in a generation that wants to work less, but get more. Have more flexibility, but have more freedom. And more. And give me just more. 
I remember when interest rates went up to 12, 13, 14%, and my mum and dad worked day jobs and night jobs to get us through. And what was their testimony as it went back down again? Wow, look at the goodness of God. Look at the faithfulness of God, that he would open up the opportunity that we could be able to do both in this season, that our family would be able to move forward. Come on, it's not about sitting there and saying, gimme, 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 my middle name's Jibby. No, no, it's about having a character and a stewardship and ability to be able to say, come on, I'm not going to live under the culture of our times. I'm going to live with a character. I'm going to live with a conviction. I'm going to live with an understanding. My God's not waving a wand around. No, no, my God is a God who set up a pathway for me to follow. Does that make sense? I've seen gambling addictions broken as people have honoured God. I've seen anxiety broken off people's lives, literally crippling anxiety that made them reduce themselves from work. As God led them and said, come on, I want you to trust me with a tithe. And as they did that, immediately it was lifted off their lives. Perfect love casts out all fear. Bible says, if you love me, you'll obey me. So it's not so much his perfect love that's the question, it's whether my ability to activate my love for him that then unlocks the ability for him to move. There's not, in the area of finance, there's no fear. Is there uncertainty in what's going on in the climate around the world? Of course there is. But there's not fear. I've I got a God who's big enough. I've got a God who can make a way. I've seen it before and I know we'll see it again. Is it to make us look good? No. No, it's to honor him and to say, God, you're so... I don't know about you, but I, I want to kind of get to the later stages of my life and be sitting with my grandkids them. And I don't want the test of my life to be as like, I did this. And then your grandma and I, we did that. And then I did that. And then, oh, and then I did that. And then, oh, we built this. Oh, and then we made that happen. I'd like to get to the end sitting with my grandkids on my lap and go, oh, you'll never guess what God did. There was this time he asked us to do that. And so we did it and then God did that. And then God opened up this. And then we bought a house, which was a crazy miracle. And one week later, he asked us to move to Melbourne. Oh my goodness, how how does that work? I mean, like, that's nuts. But we said yes. And then we're like, great, we've got a cash positive investment. This is awesome to have as a family. And then God says, no, no plan B. When you go to Aussie, leave it all because I'm calling you. And you're like, oh, wow, okay. And so then you go and sell it. We've got nothing, but at the same time, it sells for 130 grand more than we bought it three months earlier. Why? Because it was a miraculous purchase in the first place through a Christian couple that we met through Gumtree. Who, when God said sell it, I felt the right thing to do was to ring him and say, hey, because he was a Christian man, to say, hey, I just want you to know this isn't a Christian doing over a Christian. I know we bought it like two months ago, but God put in our heart one week later that we're to move to Melbourne. And then God said, sell the house. Because I'm so sorry because you sold it to us for so much less than the market value. He brings me back a day later and he says, I talked to my wife. And the only thing that would upset us if you sold it for the same amount, we sold it to you. What you need to do is realize this was a God thing that took place. You need to sell it for as much as you can get. Because I believe this is going to help you be set up to be able to step into the next season God has for you and your family. Go for it. Go for it. Come on, I don't know about how you want to sit with your young ones, but I want a testimony that says, then God did this, and then God did that. Can I encourage every person that tithes, every testimony that comes out of the doors of this church, you are a part of. You go, I don't really like tithing. Well, please, can you thank the ones that do? Yeah, I'm not really into that. Well, please, honestly, thank the ones that do. Because we would not be sitting here. We would not be able to cover the lease. In fact, what was funny about that story is we then moved here, right? 
The sale of that house took place the day we landed here. The money was then transferred from New Zealand to Australia like three months later. Two days before that, I'm literally sitting looking at the expenses of the month and there wasn't enough income to cover the lease for this place. But the money lands and then we look at the increase that we had bought it for and sold it for, place that 13 grand because that's the tithe of the increase that God just gave us, put that into the church account and then we were able as a church to be able to pay the lease that month and we were able to continue on and we keep sitting here today. I tell you, God's just awesome how He weaves all of that around and that's not to say, well, you're great. No, 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 He is just so good. His ways work and when we tithe, number three, we partner with His purpose. We partner with His purpose. I really feel like there's a few things I'd love to say, but I want to honour your time. <laughs> Thanks, bro. We can sit here and have a, we can have a chat afterwards. But listen to this. Maybe there's this. In the same way we dedicated babies today, I believe every time we receive increase, we get the chance to dedicate it. I dedicate it to your will. I dedicate it to your ways. I dedicate it to your protection. I dedicate it to your blessing. I f- might be a bit of a generaliz- generalization, but I've found over the many years, as talked to people about it, those who don't, it's an area of tension. Those who do, it's an area of testimony. Those who don't, it's an area of battle. But those who do, it's an area of blessing. Those who don't, it's an area of justifying why I don't. But those who do, it's an area of joy. Those who don't, it's a rule. But those who do, it's a relationship. I said that a couple of years ago and a guy came up to me straight up and he goes, it's true. That's true. Because that was my life until I consciously decided, you know what, I'm going to tithe. And at that moment, my life changed. And every excuse and every area of tension and every area of battle was lifted off. I feel like saying this because I think it's important in the growth that we've experienced as a church is that there has been many amazing people and God's led you here in the last 12, 24 months. And you used to tithe. It was a part of your regular relationship and outworking of your walk with God. But the truth is, is in the season of transition and finding a new home, there was a season of pause while you found that place so you could put your roots back down again. But you found that place. Life is home, but you're yet to activate again the area of the tithe. I'm going to say to you, come on, it's time to awaken that area again. It's time to activate that area again. Because the truth of it is, the effectiveness and the fruitfulness of what we can do as a church is based on how much and how many outwork the tithe. Salvation for us does not depend on our giving. And I say this with the right heart, but I believe the salvation of many others does. If all the church tithed, world poverty would be ended. There would not be a hungry mouth that needed feeding. And education would be solved by the church across the globe. And I think because we've slowly reduced it down, the church is no longer able to do what it was entrusted to do in the community and society. So therefore, other organizations and places are picking up that, which really should be directed through the church. And when it's directed through the church, it's directed with hope, mercy, compassion, healing, breakthrough, transformation. So it's not just the food you get, but it's the love of God that's brought with that food. It's not just the care you need, but it's also the reality of the, 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 the presence of God and the name of Jesus Christ being able to be directed through that as well. So I say right now, there might be a number of people here and you feel a bit convicted. 
You know that the conviction's a good thing, right? That's a good thing. In no way, if you feel condemned, is that from God. And that's not our heart. And if you need a conversation, I would love to have a really open, undefensive conversation. But the truth of it is, is we do need to take this conviction we feel in a corporate moment and we need to make it personal revelation. Because if it doesn't become personal revelation, it just becomes another conviction on a Sunday and ceases to have any fruitfulness in our lives on Monday. So right now, in this moment of a spirit of faith where there is a bit of a, like a stirring in our heart, and there was, is a desire in our heart going, oh God, I really want to see you outworked in this area of my finances, then I would say take a step of faith because without faith, right, without action, it's dead. And the Bible, the actually truth is, if we don't activate something in the next six hours, there's a 70% chance that we'll never activate it. So what I want you to do, the first thing to do, is if you're here and you have not received one of Pastor Paul's God, Money, and Me books, then I want you, as a family or as an individual, as a couple, I want you to go to the information desk straight after, and as a gift, I want you to be able to go and grab one of those. All right? Let that be the first step. Because this book is not about how do we give more. This book is about how do we get God's plan over every area of our finances, which doesn't just mean the era of tithing, but that's the first step, but also an area of saving for the generations to come, seeding so that we can enable there to be an overflow in our lives, and then also spending. Come on, that you can enjoy the fruit of your labor, that, there is, that you can have freedom in the area of spending because we've got the ability to steward in a way that enables there to be spending that takes place. Does that make sense? I want you to take a step of faith. I want you to go and do that. For others, you know that you're, it's something that you go, well, I'm, I'm somewhat positioned to do it. I just haven't been doing it. Then I would love for you to be self-led. Grab the Ways to Give card that's in the seat pocket in front of you. Slip it into your Bible or into your back pocket so you feel like it's not something you have to walk around in the foyer going, yeah, that was me. Oh, woo, anybody else? You know, like, wow. Um, but put, slip it in your back pocket in your handbag or whatever and then take a moment and, and again, not out of a place of like heat and weight. Sit with God today. Take a moment and just say, God, all right. I want this area of my relationship with you to be activated. I want to step into this again. So God, I just need your peace and I need your leading and I need your strategy. I really need your help because we're going to have to put some things around and reshuffle a few things that have been happening to enable that to take place. I really encourage you to go as well to the website that we've got, uh, lifeau.org slash God money and me and in that it actually has a budget planner and things like that so you can actually put that in and it can help you start to work out how do all these pieces fit and it actually can help assist you in that and then again every group leader or any other one else that's here we're here for a conversation to be able to support you and just uh, encourage you in that area and take step by step a pathway to financial freedom and following Jesus in this area can you say amen amen, amen. come on well, we'll pray together father I thank you that you do have a direction and a plan and a pathway for every area of our life. I thank you that this is an area that we're called to struggle on. See, I worked in our own strength, but it's an area that we're called to surrender and let the freedom and the, and the leading of your spirit, Lord God, outwork through our lives. I thank you, Lord, that we are in a church, that we can see the fruit of it being played out. Lord, that you are reaching, loving, caring, drawing in, outworking, and unlocking your purpose in many areas and in many people through your tithe. Father, we just pray again that where the enemy's had a stronghold, we just pray that we break in Jesus' name. If people live under a mindset of poverty, maybe generationally it's been like we never had enough. I declare that mindset to shift for we are under the reality of a good father who has everything in his hand. Father, we just pray that we would be able to do that in Jesus' name. Can you say amen?
Amen. We trust that you are encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life. And we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at our Melbourne campus. If you're not in Melbourne, then join us for Church Online, wherever you are in the world. Just head to lifeau.org to stay connected and find out more.